Welcome to Faith-Filled Moments, sharing faith to build your faith. Gonna put my trust in you. Well, hello and welcome to Faith-Filled Moments. I am Teresa Marie, your host, and you are listening to Faith-Filled Moments, a weekly broadcast where I get the privilege to interview a new guest each week who will share an account of faith in a defining moment in their life. My guests share personal accounts when they knew it was only their faith that brought them through. May you be encouraged as you hear real accounts from real people who experience God's wondrous works at crucial moments in their life. I want to encourage you today as we begin the program. I had read a little ditty on uh, the internet quite a while ago, and I remember it said that life, uh, let me get it right. It said that we need, life needs more slow dances in the kitchen. Now, let me say that again. Life needs more slow dances in the kitchen. I want to remind you that God gave us life, life with the intention for us to live it, to have abundant life. Life is not just meant to be endured or tolerated, although it includes working and sleeping and eating and loving and hurting and laughing. It even includes dancing. I dare you to delight in the Lord, no matter what season you find yourself in. We all know our journey is full of ups and downs and twists and turns. And as we begin to change seasons, go ahead and shuffle in those soon to be piles of leaves, tap your boots in the impending snow of winter and dance, dance in every season. Be grateful that you are alive and loved by the one who created you. And I'm telling you, Jesus will get you dancing. So be encouraged today, turn up the music and go ahead and dance in your kitchen. Listen, today I get the privilege to welcome to the program none other than Chris Allen Schreckengoss. Hello, Chris. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. It is a, a privilege to have you as my guest today. Chris Allen Schreckengoss, you were born in Cleveland, Ohio. You grew up in the inner city of Cleveland. You are a father, a brother, a son, and uh, you are a retired truck driver by profession, and you are an awesome, gifted musician. But, you know, your life wasn't always easy. Although you learned to play the guitar at six years old and began playing with your father and your uncles, the environment really wasn't um, a good influence, to put it mildly. Begin your journey in, in telling your story of your defining moment in your life. Well, like you said, uh, my uncles would come over and they would sing and they would play guitar. And that's how I started to learn. And but they uh, would drink. And, uh, you know, that was a common occurrence at, at our house. So. Um, so and that's where I got started, uh, you know, uh, playing the guitar and my music. And then, you know, I guess I started drinking in my early teens. And uh, so and that just progressed on to adulthood, uh, to uh, I just was out of control with the drinking. Uh, 
and I was up to um, a fifth of whiskey and a case of beer a day. Uh, what? By the, time, by the time I was 30 years old. A case of beer and a fifth of whiskey a day. A day. Every yep. single day. Um, was there so basically for a, a length of time you weren't ever sober? You were drunk twenty four seven. It sounds like we're pretty close oh, to it. I, yeah, actually, the the last drunk that I was on uh, before going into treatment, I was uh, I drank like sixty bottles of booze. Um, one after I was literally drunk for a month and a half. It's a miracle like you even survived that. No alcohol poisoning, no, I mean, no accidents. No, you have no DUIs. Is that correct? None, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how that's possible. Thank God. Uh, and no one else was injured either. But here you are. You you started on this road. Um, alcohol, kind of a generational thing in your family? Everybody drank? Absolutely. And you, you mentioned that you started as a young teen. So uh, I'm assuming guests gave you alcohol or uh, adult, other adults gave you alcohol, people who were guests at your home or your uncles or your dad even. It didn't matter how old you were. No, that's not true. Uh, but we found I found ways to sneak it and, okay. uh, you know, take it. It's just what we did. So it wasn't necessarily that the family was giving it to you, although they were drinking you as a young teen, you just went and got your own, which was the easy thing to do back then. Right. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fast forward, you're, you're pushing 30 years old and, uh, it's out of control. As you said, now, all that time though, you're working, right? You're, you're what would be called what a functional drinker. At, at the early part of my decline, I mean, I was driving a semi. I would have a case. I would have a case of beer and a fifth of whiskey back in the sleeper, and I'd be driving oh from Chicago to New Jersey and never remember, never remember it. Never remember how you even got there. Oh my! And driving, yeah. a, a, how many pounds is a semi? Like it's 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 its uh, own weapon, know. right? I mean. Oh yeah, I mean you can pull up to 80,000 80, pounds with oh. everything. And have no recollection. So so you get to this place, um, you're drinking, you're married at this time, correct? I was. And and what leads you to decide, I don't want to drink anymore? I mean, you're, you're married. Did you have a child by then? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I had my daughter by then. But, you know, what happens is, like they say in AA, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. So when I was at my utmost worst, I wasn't working at that time. So you have a lot of time to drink. So and then then I just spiraled down out of control to where something had to happen. I mean, I was my my sister and my wife at the time were trying to uh Help me go through withdrawals so I could uh, straighten up. And it just wasn't working. Uh, I didn't want to go into some institution. I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I didn't want to be locked up. And uh, that's the last thing I wanted. And, uh, and my sister actually was sleeping on the floor in front of the door to, pre to prevent me from going out and getting more. Oh, so uh, I thank God for her. 
And uh, but they were trying to wean me off of it. Uh, you know, like I said, that last drunk, I was drunk for like a month and a half, fall down, stumbling drunk for a month and a half. And you you have some recollection of that, but you got to that point where they 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 hid the booze. They I mean, you had mentioned before about there was stuff in the basement. It was gone. Right. There was right. no access within the house and they weren't going to let you leave. Um, tell our listeners who haven't really experienced that there, there's people listening who, who are addicts of, of many different things. But in going through withdrawal, it's it's a painful experience. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It's very uh, I'm not so much painful, but it's it's just the desires there and you're you're craving it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not a fun process at all. And you decided to go ahead and you were going to go into rehab. Is that right? You agreed to it or reluctantly agreed to it? Reluctantly, I did. I, I told them, you know, because I was feeling so sick and nauseous and uh, had the shakes and everything. And I told them, I says, if you could find me somewhere to go where they can take these feelings from me, these willies or whatever you want to call it, I says, I'll go. And boy, they were just dialing the phone, trying to find a place for me. And they finally did. And I went and I went into treatment. You went into treatment. So at that point, you're sober when you got into treatment. Is that correct? No, I was going through withdrawals. You were still going through point. withdrawal. Okay. Um, detox. They call it detox. I was going through yeah. detox. How many days did that take? That was about uh, three days of, uh, you know, feeding. You know, they give you something. I don't know what they gave me to calm my nerves and stuff. Okay. So you're there, you work the program. What was going on back home at that point? Well, my wife was actually pregnant at the time. So, uh, and she went into labor. So they had allowed me to leave to go see my son born. And uh, so, which I did. And then I, ha I had to go back and finish out uh, um, my term. I was in there for like 30 days. Okay. So just a 30 day program back then. Um, but they, and, and that's unheard of to let you out. And they let you out to see the birth of your son, which was an amazing experience. I know. And you use that day as your sobriety. Is that correct? Absolutely. When you leave a uh, protected area, uh, then that starts your sobriety. Uh, so yeah, they let me out. So I used my son's birthday as my sobriety date. Beautiful. And you you had to go back and finish out the program and work the program. Tell our listeners the rest of your journey. Well, uh, when I had got out of treatment, you know, the beer signs and bar commercials, they all, they still bothered me. And uh, I remember I said a prayer and I asked God to remove that desire. So, uh, and I knew the second that my, those words left my lips, that that prayer was answered. So, uh, and that's really my defining moment right there. And I knew um, that, uh, like I said, my prayer was answered. And I remember in prayer saying, you know, thank you, 
And now what can I do? And I heard a voice tell me to get my family in church. Wow. And you were a believer then, but you hadn't been actively going to church and you obeyed that voice, right? You got, I did. you had a, a new son, a, a four or five year old daughter and your wife, and you guys went to church and your life was transformed, right? What happened? It was. Uh, we started going to church. And uh, I mean, I had gone to when I first got out, you know, starting to go to AA meetings and everything else. And I thank God for AA. Uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful program for people. And uh, but I knew that. I just wanted, you know, uh, my higher power, you know, I I give it to God. Yes. And so from that point on, um, just going to church and getting involved. And I, I got on the worship team at church uh, for a while. And there was a motorcycle ministry I got involved with. And so, uh, you know, my life really just went yeah, up. 180, 180, yeah, right? Yeah, 180. absolutely. Uh, your whole family, you were baptized at the church. I mean, it was a new beginning, wasn't it? It really was. It really was. And it not, not that it was an easy road. Um, you experienced some, some difficulties, but you are, you were sober and it was the first time in most of your life, right? Yes, it really was. And your life changed. What, what changes happened once you let go of drinking? What were, what was the uh, natural effects of that? Even we know spiritually, you gave your life to the Lord. You're, you're you know, you're pursuing relationship with Him. Um, you're active in ministry. But what was the changes that can be directly connected to giving up drinking? What were you? What happened in your life? Well, you you get clear headed. The fog mm -hmm. leaves. Um, you stop that what they call stinking thinking. Yes. And uh, you get healthier, you feel healthier and uh, you just you don't want to go back to that old way. What you about know? all the money you used to spend on drinking, though? What what ended up happening? Just oh, that was like a raise and pay. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really was. So. Um, but giving up that that addiction opened doors to other things. Right. Uh, new home buying a home, right? Yeah. I was able to actually buy my first car because I just drove clunkers yeah. my whole my whole life. Even even as a, a, a married and a father, uh, the cars I drove were just real clunkers. And uh, <laughs> you know, so so many uh, benefits. Yeah, I could not believe that just by stopping that liquid in that bottle prevented so many good things in life. It was amazing. Wow. Say that again, Chris, because there's people struggling today. I mean, their addiction may not be alcohol. It may be drugs. Um, there's addictions come in all forms, but letting go of that hold, I mean, change your whole perspective on life, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a bondage. It is definitely a bondage. And once you break that chain, uh, it's amazing that your life changes for the better. And then you, your mind changes to where you don't want to go back to the old ways because you see the benefits of the way life is now. I wouldn't change that for the world. 
wouldn't go back. Now, temptations still come in life. Um, you're being so transparent with our listeners. Uh, like I said, even after going to church, accepting the Lord, and you know whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I mean, your your mind was transformed, um, converted, um, but you experienced some difficult things in your life even after that. Yes, uh, I end up uh, losing two brothers to alcoholism, cirrhosis of the liver. Even after, you know, I got clean, trying to talk to them didn't work. Uh, I would, I would hear, well, that, that, that might work for you, but you know, but it does work. And so even losing, even losing my mother at that time when I was, you know, sober, I lost two brothers uh, while I was sober and my mother. Ever think about going and picking up a drink just to calm down during no. that period? No, because I know that if if I would do that, it would only make things so much worse. Right. So you recognize no. the benefit of your sobriety. Um, I, I mean, God helped you. To, to stay sober. I mean, there's no denying Absolutely. that. And he answered that initial prayer so profoundly. I mean, there's Absolutely. some people that, that maybe they cried out and said a prayer also, Chris, and it doesn't seem like God answered theirs the way he answered yours. What advice would you give to them? What would you, how would you encourage them that they too can be free from the bondage? Well, I think that you, you just have to want to be change your life and want something better than what you have. And that old way, it just, it just doesn't work and it's just hurtful. And there's, you know, life is so much better when you, you do go on and, and you make your mind up and you put that one foot in front of the other one. Absolutely. For a better life, and you will you will have it. And if if it can happen for you, and God can can be that intricate part, can He do it for anybody? Absolutely, He's Absolutely. no respecter of persons, right? And no. it, it doesn't mean that the road's always going to be easy. You've experienced great loss in your life, and yet you never chose to go back and pick up a bottle again. Absolutely. Um, do the signs still bother you? Is the temptation still strong or is there, uh, you're, you know, 35 plus years now of, of sober. Um, are there any triggers left? Tell our listeners if, if there's things like that, that you still combat. No, no, not really. I, I just, I trust God that, um, that he'll see me through. Yes. And I, I trust in that. And, you know, I, I have to tell you that, you know, I had one of the losses that, you know, uh, was probably the hardest for anybody, and that's losing my own son. And that was, uh, you know, uh, the hardest day of my life. But Absolutely. I never drank. And I just know that um, even if I would have, and everybody probably would have understood, even if I did. But it just 
wouldn't have made anything better. It would have made things so much more worse. So, um, but wow. yeah, and this year on his birthday, it will be 37 years of amazing. sobriety. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Um, and if you can get through that and not pick up the bottle, man, God's been with you all along, hasn't he? Um, and like you said, no one should ever have to experience that that great a loss. But in, in talking to other people who, who have experienced great loss and who are still battling addiction, um, what would your final words to them be to encourage them that there's a better way? There's there's life and life more abundant, you know? Well, well, there is absolutely. But you know, it doesn't have to be uh, that heavy of a, a happening in somebody's life. It could it could be just a fender bender or whatever. That could be somebody's trigger. Uh, you know, we we deal with ups and downs on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, life is hills and valleys. Yeah. So it's it's appreciating life when you're up on the hill and dealing with things when you're down in the valley. But, you know, we, we don't have to do it alone. And, yeah. you know, there's uh, people out there and that, that are helpful and organizations and uh, to where people can get help. And, you know, to have God on your side, there's no better help. No better help. Um, I appreciate you so much being, being so transparent uh, with your defining moment. Just that moment when you ask God, take this desire from me. Um, it was a prayer of faith. It was stepping out and you knew without a shadow of doubt, he answered that prayer at that very, very moment. And you heard Absolutely. that voice uh, leading in his direction. Um, the word of God tells us that he will direct our paths. If we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will direct our paths. He He directed your path that day um, and he enabled you to overcome. Final words as we wrap up today's program. Believe in God and, you know, trust in him. And if you are having a problem, seek help. There's help out there. For or even get a hold of me, um, I'll make myself, you know, open and just, uh, you know, seek help. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, wow, powerful, powerful. I thank you so much for sharing your defining moment, and I love you, and I'll see you later. Okay, I love you All too. Right. I don't tell that to every one of my guests, but I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that wraps up today's program of Faith-Filled Moments. I want to encourage you that you would continue to speak and praise God, speaking of all his wondrous works, that you would never, ever forget that God loves you and there is nothing that you can do about that. Have a blessed rest of the week. Faith-Filled Moments is an outreach of Teresa Marie Ministries. If you would like to be a guest or need further information, check us out on Facebook, Faith-Filled Moments, or Teresa Marie Ministries, P.O. Box 923, Marion, Ohio, 43302. 